Reduce, reuse, refashion. Hi, and welcome to my yet another episode of Refashion Podcast. Today, we are talking to Michaela, co-founder of Hack Your Closet. Hack Your Closet is a monthly subscription rotation service for secondhand clothes. The items are handpicked for you with the help of experienced stylists. Each month, you receive four items that you can keep for four weeks and then the cycle repeats. The main distinctive feature about Hack Your Closet is that they search for good quality, pre-loved clothes that would otherwise go to landfill. Hack Your Closet put them back to life to be used and rented again among different users. This way, they help reduce waste and improve overall fashion industry. Curious to know how? And hear more about the clothing subscription model you have not heard of before? Then listen to our talk with Michaela. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, great talking to you. And uh, Hack Your Closet is on a mission to reduce waste in the clothing industry. And we do this by taking clothes out of the waste stream and prolong their life. So it could be secondhand clothes, it's uh, pre-loved items, overstocks from different brands. And we match those items with our customers' style profiles and send them four items that they can enjoy for a month or longer if they want to before they return them to us. And uh, then in the end of the month, we send them new options in a new box. So it's a fun way to update your wardrobe, but still in a sustainable way. And it contributes to a fashion industry and a world uh, with less waste. Awesome. I think this initiative is so great. And uh, I have only heard about similar initiatives across the Atlantics, but nothing in Europe or uh, in Scandinavia. Yeah, I think uh, same. I mean, we are quite new. We have existed for one and a half years. So we started in June 2019. So, I mean, the concept is uh, pretty new, but uh, I'm, I'm hoping for that it's going to grow and that we're going to see more actors in the industry as well. Absolutely. Michaela, tell us what is fashion to you personally? Yeah, so fashion for me, I mean, I'd rather talk about style than fashion because fashion for me is something very short term and uh, fashion and trends comes and goes so style is something that remains and that is timeline and that is very personal and that reflects who you are as a person Uh, your style says a lot about your personality and your lifestyle Um, so I would say that style for me is a reflection of yourself it's a really good one. I can only agree to you that uh, with the fast changing fashion trends, it's hard to keep up. Um, as, of course, it gives some um, opportunity to express yourself uh, yeah. in, in different ways. But I think it's so crucial to find your unique style and stick to that. And then when the trends come, it's easier for you to choose 
uh, what really fits your lifestyle. But yes, very true. How was Hack Your Closet born? What was uh, the idea behind it? Yeah, so the idea came from my co-founder, Lisa, and she has a long experience in the fashion industry and also uh, from the secondhand market. So she felt like there was something up with the fashion industry that she wasn't aligned with um, and she didn't have the same values. So she moved towards the secondhand market and in the same time that she was looking more into the secondhand market, she also moved to Sweden. Um, I mean, Lisa has been dressing in secondhand since she was little. Her grandfather was a, a, um, a person who sew clothes and her mother was very, very into vintage and retro style. So she has been growing up with uh, secondhand in back of her mind all, the, all, all her life. Um, but when she moved to Sweden, she realized that the secondhand market is huge here and you can find so, so good items, good quality and high-end brands secondhand. But she didn't understand why people don't buy only secondhand or more secondhand, why people are so into fast fashion, because she really saw that there's gold in these secondhand stores and nobody is purchasing them. So she found out these problems, like it's very time consuming to shop secondhand. Uh, it's very uh, difficult. You have to be in the store and know what to look for to find your style and your size. If you're going to shop secondhand online, it's very difficult as well because the, the pictures are poor in quality and it's hard to know what you actually get. Um, often when it's like peer-to-peer there's no quality checking so she thought okay why don't I make a service that reduces and that takes away all these customer frustrations and that gives you I mean that facilitates everything for you so that you can just enjoy clothes and express your style but in a sustainable way and so that's how the idea came up we we find the clothes for you, we style you, we wash the clothes, we send them to you, and you can just enjoy them and send them back in the end of the period. So that's really how the the idea was born. That sounds like a dream come true, at least for me, because I myself, I also grew up um, in a close relation to secondhand market because I just found better clothes there, to be very honest. Yeah. And I totally agree with the struggles uh, of uh, spending much more time. And sometimes you have to uh, tailor your clothes from secondhand uh, places afterwards. So you have to have some basic sewing skills as well. It takes time to learn how to secondhand shop, for sure. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Actually, I have visited Stockholm, um, I think, once or twice in my life. And uh, I also was very, very pleasantly surprised with the secondhand market there. And uh, I myself have found some really good deals. Um, yeah, I love secondhand shopping because it's a treasure hunt. And honestly, before I entered Hacker Closet together with Lisa, I didn't do much secondhand shopping at all. Uh, she taught me how to do it. And now 
I think 70% of my wardrobe had turned into secondhand and I only only shop secondhand if I ever shop because now of course with the company I have a huge wardrobe where I can borrow clothes at any time so it's a it's a big benefit and um, yeah I really like it. Absolutely and how many um, hackers or the subscribers uh, as you call them uh, do you have right now? So we have about 1,500 customers right now, closet hackers, as we call them, uh, in Sweden. And uh, currently, we're only operating in Sweden. Um, but of course, uh, we are looking to go into other markets as well in the near future. All right. So uh, as a person in Sweden, uh, I create a profile in Hack Your Closet. And... Um, what comes after that or how does the whole um, signing up process take place? Yeah, so exactly. You as a uh, wanting to be closet hacker, you go into our webpage or download our app and you go through a style survey uh, where we ask a lot of questions about what you like, what you don't like, uh, the cuts, the attributes, the your sizes and um, your height to know a bit more about you so that we can choose the right clothes for you. When your style profile is created, you can also upload inspirational pictures to express your style more in pictures. And you can also call our stylist to uh, tell us about your style with words, which is often easier. Then we have, we match your style profile with the clothes that we have in our closet. And we do this partly by data-driven algorithms and also with our uh, personal stylists that gives you a personal touch and make sure that your box feels very personal and that we listen to your feedback from the previous boxes that you've had. Uh, so that's basically how we choose clothes for you. And then uh, we pack them for you. We steam them. We send them to your door. And after that, it's your turn to give our, us feedback. You go into the app again and you can uh, rate the clothes if you didn't like it, if you liked it or loved it. And the size as well, how you uh, felt that the size was. And also you can leave a comment uh, about your overall experience with the box. I see. And then I uh, get to keep the items for around four weeks. And after that, I can order a new box. Is that how it goes? Yes. So it's a subscription. So you don't have to order a new one, but we will change your old box to a new box after four weeks. So the only thing you have to do is put your clothes in the in the box and leave the box outside your door. And our distribution partner will come and pick up the old box while leaving a new at the same time. So you always have a Hack Your Closet box at your home. <laughs> wow, that sounds very great. And if I wanted to keep the clothes for longer, can I do that? You can do that, of course. Uh, it's uh, three euros per item per month to keep it for longer. And you can keep it for as long as you want. 
But I assure you that eventually you will get tired of the clothes. And that's why we don't allow anyone to purchase the clothes. Um, because right. then they're going to end up in your wardrobe. And uh, we want to still have the responsibility of the clothes. So uh, we challenge you. You can keep it for as long as possible. But uh, I think that you're going to be wanting to change it up for something else. Right. How many clothes do I get in one box? You get four items per box. Mm -hmm. And uh, do I get to choose what I want, like tops and bottoms or dresses? You cannot choose what you want, but we always provide a mix. So, or you can actually in your style profile say if you want a mix of items or if you want a full outfit. Uh, mm -hmm. And if you want only basics or if you already have basics and want complementary items. So it depends on what you tell us. And of course, in your feedback, you can wish for, okay, only send me only uh, sweaters or I want a dress for New Year's. I want a, a skirt to, to go out now in summer. So um it depends on what you want, but usually for the first box, when we don't have any feedback, we send a mix. It could be one bottom, one dress, two tops, or one top and a jumper. Um, yeah, a mix. That sounds really great. And then you can take it from there. Just try it out, see what goes, what doesn't work, and um, share the feedback. And I think I saw that you can also exchange one box if it completely uh, missed out, right? Absolutely, yeah. So the first box is of course particular because we don't have your feedback yet. So yeah. it could be harder to style the first box. And uh, that's why we always offer a new box for free if you weren't happy with the first one. Right. So you mentioned that this is the biggest uh, shared closet in Sweden. Yes. How many items do you have on your platform? <laughs> have you ever counted? Oh, I don't even <laughs> want to think about it. We have about uh, 15,000 items right now. Wow. Uh, so it's really, really cool because, I mean, we only have about 20% of those items actually in our closet mm -hmm. as most of the clothes are out at our customers or in transportation. So you think of 15 items as a huge closet and it is huge but we don't have the clothes all the time in there <laughs> luckily luckily rotating, they're rotating all the time okay do you cater both men and women we only cater women at the moment uh, we have had a lot of requests from men and we would love to start uh, for men as well but unfortunately, as it looks right now, the secondhand market is not as great for men as for women, as we tend to uh, buy much more clothes and also update our closets much more frequently. Mm -hmm. um, and also uh, good news for the guys, uh, they tend to really use their clothes until they break. Uh, they tend to really, really um yeah use them for long 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 and also buy more quality uh, clothes i would say as well versus women who like the diversity 
exactly and um, we want to keep that diversity and we want to keep that it's fun to update your closet and you should be able to update it whenever you want but we have to do it in a sustainable way because it's getting out of hand and so so many items are wasted before it's even used once um so yeah we have to rethink a bit um how we we continue to update our closet in a fun way that's so true and you actually touched one of the uh, main concepts of sustainability i would say there is this um bias uh, that mm. um all the sustainability advocates would encourage people to stop stop buying stop using stop 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 everything is bad just stop doing mm. things versus uh, what you suggest is that mm. um you don't stop but you give a diversity and you give an opportunity to cater for the need of uh, diversity and uh, still keeping our life excited but as you mentioned just now in a much more sustainable way and you say also that it helps save time uh, spend less and at the same time of course it it, it uh, helps to drive change so how is it uh, that uh, we uh, help to save time and um, end up spending less at the end of the day. Yeah, so you're so spot on because um, I mean, I think that nobody wants to stop uh, doing what they love. Uh, some people love shopping and or some people like want to update themselves all the time. It's the same with personal personality. You want to grow personal growth. Uh, you want to develop yourself all the time and and your clothes reflect who you are so of course you're gonna change style over the years as well and um, so yeah we have to find ways um, to be able to do that and renting is is a good option what we mean with save time is that you don't have to spend time in looking for clothes that are gonna match your style and size and you don't have to sit for hours browsing on internet uh, to find the styles and often you get like very overwhelmed when you're gonna shop because there's so so many options so many options and also so many brands uh, so yeah you save time but just uh, letting someone else choose clothes for you and uh, spend less is because we have a subscription for 29 euros per month and you get four items. So that's basically the price that you pay for one clothing item. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, especially if you are used to go uh, shopping at H&M, for example, that's how much a pair of jeans might cost, but that wouldn't be the, the greatest quality, I would say. So with this subscription, you uh, really get a good value of money for your clothes and then you never run out of uh, new outfits <laughs> yeah and actually the average spending per month on shopping mm -hmm. for women is is between uh, 70 to 100 euros wow. so you you can really save uh, money by by like subscribing to one of these services right right uh, I can definitely see the financial benefit in that too. And then it's 
a bit of an excitement to see what will you get in your box when you don't know what the outputs will be, but you definitely know that this is something which is sustainable, which is um, better for the environment. Yeah, our customers say that it's like a Christmas present to themselves <laughs> every month. So they, they think it's so much fun to, to get the box and be surprised and see what someone else have picked for you. And if you still have this mindset in mind that those items uh, are there to prolong their life and they're valuable and someone has handmade them, um, then you really see the, the urge of trying to style them and trying to use them as much as possible when you get them. Totally. I think it's also a bit of a different approach to the uh, clothes that they receive. Then they also try to maintain them in a better quality and wash them more carefully because they know that it will come back to the system and someone else also will be using them. Yeah, we try to educate uh, our customers on how to take care of their clothes. Uh, of course, we wash every everything when between every rotation. Uh, so they don't really have to wash them at home. But if they want to, we teach them sustainable ways to do that and also um, how to hang them carefully and so that they know that someone else is also going to use the items after you. Nice. It sounds very great to me, um, both educational part, but also, um, you know, enjoying the clothes that you receive and then and wearing them in a better way. And I was just thinking as well, um, what are the clothes that you receive in the first place? Is it a partnership with some retailers or charity organizations? Um, or is it second um, users who gave their clothes to you to support your um, purpose? So in the beginning, we actually went uh, physically to secondhand stores and bought as much as we could find that could fit our customers' style profiles. Uh, this was, of course, before Corona and also uh, in the beginning when we didn't have so many customers. Um, right now, we have more collaborations with charity organizations. Uh, we also do some secondhand shopping online. And we also collaborate with brands that wants to reduce their overstocks. Um, and these brands can, they are like committed to reduce their overstocks and, and uh, do something with those clothes. Um, so we share the data on customer preferences that they can use to prevent waste in the future. Uh, so they can see, okay, average women in uh, Sweden, they don't like um, purple and lace. So we won't design a dress with uh, that is purple and has lace on it. Uh, stuff like that so that we can prevent waste from ever happening. That sounds really great. And uh, it is usually the biggest problem overproduction. So by being on the other side, when you deal with the waste and you get the feedback and you get your data, um, it seems to me that you actually get back to the very beginning of the system and get the inputs to solve the problem from the very first place. Exactly. And there we come to circular fashion. I mean, we're really able to close the loop. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're giving value to waste and we're trying to design out waste from the whole value chain of the industry. 
So we start with the end, uh, but we are trying to go more and more to connect the dots until the beginning. Um, yeah, we're not there yet and we're trying to go there. So we're looking for a partnership with brands and with every everyone in the in the clothing industry, really, to because uh, circular fashion for me is really about system collaboration and uh, we need to cross collaborate between all the actors in the value chain to be able to make it really a closed loop. You're so right. Um, yeah, when we think about circular fashion, it's not only about making the clothes on subscription, um, renting the clothes. It is also not only about fixing the clothes when they break, but it is a lot about stopping overproduction, uh, catering to consumer needs and their demand. Um, and then after the whole usage cycle, whatever the item went through, maybe it was um, rented, maybe it was given to a friend, maybe it was resold again, fixed, mended, uh, resold again. How can it enter the system back? Because now we have uh, still a huge loophole in the recycling system. It's not perfect. Uh, there are some great ideas um, to, um, to be developed. And I actually know that a lot of research and development is being done in Sweden. Um, yeah. Do you stay in touch with the uh, biggest organizations in Sweden, with the recycling institutions and uh, alternative fibers? We have some collaborations with researchers that help us uh, really connect the dots um, across, across the industry and help us set up collaborations with other clothing brands or even other clo uh, rental subscriptions. Um, but also to reach out and say like, okay, what should we do with the items that we can't circulate anymore? Right. Because now it's a, it's a big, questions in in the industry and there's so many items that are produced that can't be recycled because they're a mix of materials so uh, it really requires the a technique that we don't have yet um, so it is challenging and um, right now we have we have different ways to go to make use of the textile at least, even though we can't circulate the item anymore, we can still remake it into something else. Uh, we can send the uh, natural materials to recycling centers, as you say. And also um, we can of course send it to industries that uh, need the textile to stuff things like furniture and anything that, that we can actually so that we can actually use the textiles a bit more instead of them ending up in a landfill or being burned because that's that's really really the worst and we should really try to design that out absolutely absolutely um you just briefly mentioned also some partners or some brands that you work with so on the, that regards what are the brands that people can expect in the shared closet we have everything from mid-end brands to high-end brands uh, you can expect everything from uh, h&m sarah um 
Columbia, I mean, Gina Tricot, everything uh, on the mid end and then up to the high end. Like right now we have a lot of uh, Swedish high end brands like Philippa K, Wired, uh, Dagmar. So um, yeah, every all the range. So we really try to mix also the brands inside the box. Uh, we, we can give a mix of two mid end and two high end or um yeah we really try to do it as a mix all right we focus How? more on the style and yeah. the material than mm -hmm. the actual brand because also sometimes uh h&m garment could be very good quality right it's Correct. not necessarily that the brand would define uh, right away no, I wouldn't say so. And uh, I think every brand right now in the industry are really working on making the best uh, out of their situation and what they with what they can. Um, so, yeah, I think that everyone is really progressing and uh, we're going to see a huge change in this industry, which is That's so much true. fun. Yes, it is. I'm very excited to see uh, what's coming up next. And um, I was also wondering uh, how important it is for you to have sustainable brands in your closet. Is it even feasible yet? Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, really important for us, of course. Uh, we want to work with partners that have the same values as we do. Mm -hmm. um, the problem that I see is that we only work with uh, clothes right now that are overproduced or that are um, that is part of the waste stream, and we want to save the clothes from the waste stream. So often, sustainable brands tend to not do so much overproduction and tend to only produce the items that are actually sold. Um, so in that case, we don't have any partnership today with any particular uh, sustainable brands per se. But of course, it's possible to use our service as well to um, to try out trends or try out collections uh, mm -hmm. to see if they will actually um, work for the consumers. So you can always try out the collections with us first before you produce so that we can prevent producing anything that nobody will like. I see. So it's a very great platform to experiment and get the first consumer insights. For sure, for sure. We get a lot of feedback from the customers. They're wow. really, really interactive with us. So, and, and that's obvious as well because they want our stylists to really send them clothes that they will love. So they're very keen on giving us all the feedback that they can. That's true. And in terms of a personal stylist, um, is there a way for me as a, a closet hacker to talk to your stylist uh, and ask for a digital uh, review of my wardrobe and ask how can I style my clothes better? How can I integrate the pieces that I get into the ones I have already? Mm -hmm. So yes, you can always make a, a, an appointment for a personal call with your stylist. And uh, it's always the same stylist that is styling you so that the stylist can follow your journey and take in the feedback and 
I'm sure that, uh, or I know that our stylist remembers almost all the names of the older customers. So it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> so fun to see. Um, but in order to like know how to style your items that you get, we have a private group on Facebook for all our closet hackers that wants to join. And there you can uh, share a picture of the item that you don't want to uh, know how to style them. And the community of closet hackers will, will comment and will help you, um, give you styling tips. You can also, there's so many who are taking picture of how they style the items together or part, um, uh, item by item. Mm -hmm. And then, um, a lot of customers, a lot of closet hackers, they comment like, oh, that was so nice. And I should change that belt to a thicker one and gives like styling tips uh, on how to style the items. So there you can get a lot of inspiration. Awesome. Is it then a likelihood that someone who already had the item will share their uh, look with me when I get the item afterwards? Yes, that happened actually yesterday. There was a closet hacker who shared a picture of a, a yellow jumper and there was another one commenting, oh, I had that in the last month box. Uh, I styled it like this. You should try this. Uh, so it was really, really fun to see. Nice. Very we nice. We collect like a history for the items. Yeah. Uh, so we can go back later and see, okay, this uh, yellow jumper was styled in this way by this customer. Uh, so we have all the, all the history of the items as well, which is really fun. That is very fun. And then you collect such a great database to um, proceed with the suggestions and outfits uh, further on. Yeah, we have a huge database with feedback on on items, on 15,000 items. It's amazing. I can only imagine this will grow through time as the customer base will grow because you said it's only 20% of the items that you actually have. So meaning that if more people will join, um, the bigger the community, the more clothes for the closet you will have. Yeah, I mean, we only have 20% of the clothes in our closet right now yes. the rest of the clothes are at the customers houses and in transportation so yes i really hope that uh, we can grow this into a lifestyle really mm -hmm. totally i i can definitely see that coming mm -hmm. into life um do you also rent some accessories like belts and earrings and um, shoes hats we do have uh, belts that we usually send with items that either uh, have the belt as a natural accessory or that we see that it could be better styled with this belt. Uh, so that we send a lot. Uh, we do have some smaller bags as well that we can send as an extra accessory. Uh, we don't charge anything for that. Uh, it's just for, for fun right now. We do have some bracelets and but we don't uh, yet work with earrings or with necklaces, especially now during these times, because um, they have to be washed in a certain way to be hygienic. 
so um, no no earrings and no uh, necklaces and stuff like that yet and no shoes neither uh, but who knows <laughs> and why no shoes shoes are very heavy for our small boxes right now <laughs> and also uh, we tend to use our shoes until they break so it's hard also to find secondhand shoes in good condition yeah you're right you just mentioned the the whole transportation and cleaning the clothes uh, after each use making sure that they are well packed and delivered would you say that a styling, um, the side of styling uh, is 50% of the business and 50 other percent is all the technicalities around the, the whole delivery of the garments? Yes, uh, definitely. They work together. Uh, the item goes through the buying team and then it's washed then it goes to the closet where it's uh, picked for the stylist and then in the end uh, packing so it really goes through all the stages of the operations that we have in-house um, but of course to have a, a rental service is very challenging for the operations um, we do have our laundry and our washing in-house. We don't outsource anything. So we do everything um, in, our, in our warehouse. Why do you say it's challenging as for the operation side? Uh, you have to be able to keep track uh, of the history of all the items, the history of all the customers. Um, it's important that we don't send the same item to the same customer two months later. Uh, so it's uh, complex like that, but it's all about organizing data in the correct way uh, so that everything is traceable and trackable. Um, and that is something that I think the clothing industry as well is focusing on a lot, uh, traceability across the value chain. Um, how can we track back items uh, by their history? Where were they bought? Where were they produced? And so on. Uh, so we have developed that technology in-house and uh, it's a technology I think can be used also in the industry in, in different parts of the value chain. Um, so it's re really, really interesting. Totally. And talking about the industry in general, do you think the uh, circular fashion and uh, clothes rental, can it become a mainstream thing and can it become a part of big fashion brands such as H&M, which also originates from Sweden or some other um, big uh, chains? Um, yes, I think that uh, we need to transition uh, this type of service and also this type of lifestyle into a big scale for it to really change the industry. We can't do it on a small scale uh, because that won't change anything. So we need all the actors, the big actors like H&M and everyone to be on board on this. Um, whether they're going to do a rental service or whether they're going to um, partner up with the rental services that's a, another question but I think that um, everyone 
is gonna try it out sooner or later, either uh, by themselves or with a partnership. Um, but it's definitely something that has to be done on a big scale. Absolutely. I, I totally support this idea. And I think there are different actors to contribute to the change, such as uh, fast fashion brands, luxury brands, uh, government, consumers, media, education. It's, it's a complex system and every part does its own job to, into increasing the awareness and um, encouraging people to choose more sustainably, uh, to be more conscious about their purchasing habits. And uh, hearing that you already have around 1500 people, uh, subscribers uh, for your business, it seems like it was already a very welcomed idea, at least in Sweden. So how was your experience yeah. from the very start? <laughs> Uh, I know that Lisa started with about 10 customers uh, from her living room, sending the boxes from her living room. And now one and a half year later, we are 1500, as you say. So it has been a really good growth journey. Uh, also, regarding this 2020 year with the pandemic and everything, we have been affected by it, but we have still been able to, to grow. So I think that during this pandemic as well, people have started to really think about their consumer behaviors and habits and trying to really just spend uh, on things that really matter and be careful with their spendings and their costs. So um, I think it has been an eye opener for everyone. and. Uh, sustainable businesses are the ones who are gonna thrive and who are gonna grow after this pandemic as well absolutely but have you noticed a trend uh, that uh, people actually started subscribing more of your business because it seems to me that we stayed at home we wanted uh, more diverse clothes but we couldn't go outside and mm. uh, purchase them yeah we have we have experienced both both uh, people who wants to change their consumer behaviors and want to spend less, spend less time. They want, they don't want to go to stores, so they rather have the clothes sent home to them. Uh, of course, some customers have said that I don't have use for the clothes, so uh, I don't really need this type of service. But most of the customers have actually said that it's fun to change. They only want tops from now on because it's fun to change top when they have their Zoom meetings or when they have uh, digital meetings. So they still want to look good from um, the waist and up. <laughs> so uh, we have listened to that and we have sent the customers most, mostly tops and jumpers and dresses. <laughs> That's nice. Yes, it's so good that you have such a close contact with uh, the subscribers and um, it's so great to hear that um, your uh, business have both sides a very uh, data heavy business side where you keep track and you are being transparent and um, you interact with the customers and then you have this personal touch so it's not just a system it's not just the app you listen to them you have a conversation people can have a, um, an online discussion with the stylist and uh, have a human uh, touch 
even though it's virtual, because I believe you cannot go to physical places and meet everyone in Sweden. So exactly, we we still uh, value the personal touch uh, the most. Actually, it's the most important thing to us that we feel that the closet hackers feel that they're listened to. Mm-hmm. So we we really want to keep that personal touch um, as much as possible. Sounds really great. And do you have any plans of um, growing into neighboring countries or some other places? Of course, <laughs> we are uh, looking to expand to seven other countries in Europe before 2025. That's our goal. Um, so we'll see. We're gonna we're gonna start trying out in different countries, and then. Um, We'll see what works, where it works, where the markets are uh, mature enough for this type of service and this type of life-changing consumer behavior. So, yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting to see the different approaches in different markets. Absolutely. And so far, you have the customer feedback and database in Sweden, right? It's not really that... Um, you could transfer the knowledge into another country. Um, What I mean is that if you go to, for example, um, let's say Spain, you have to understand what is the customer there, right? What are the preferences? What are the measurements of of the people there as well? Yes, I think the overall feedback from how the service works and um, the... the, um, user experience is going to be similar, Mm -hmm. but in terms of style, it's going to be different. Uh, Of course, we have the big brands, uh, the global brands like, uh, you know, Sarah, H&M and all of them are in different countries as well. And they have similar collections, but they always change something uh, to fit the specific country. So I think we're going to have to do the same in terms of styling. Uh, we're not going to send anything from Sweden to other countries. So we're going to build everything from uh, scratch, like local hubs in the countries. Um, but of course, we have all our software and our, our programs and everything that we have built already is going to follow us. That sounds like a good idea. And I think... Um popping up the business in different locations will really help people to experiment and open their eyes and just play around a bit more with style at a lower cost for the environment and still have this freedom of expression. Um, Yeah. yeah. How do you know if the country will be ready for uh, such a change? We need to do a market analysis, both on the consumer side of it, but also how the society looks like in the specific uh, country. Um, we, are, we have to look at how high on the list is um, sustainability, how much is it valued, uh, mm-hmm. how does the consumer behaviors look like right now in the country, uh, how far has circular economy and uh, other type of sustainable economies come in those countries that's going to depend a lot on um, if we can 
build collaborations there that are going to sustain uh, how we're going to approach different collaborations as well in different countries. And of course, how the fashion industry um, and the fashion market looks like in the in the country. Is secondhand a big thing or do we have to focus on other parts of the waste stream? Right, right. When I think about fashion and the whole um, hotspot of the fashion trends, the three countries uh, come to me is um, Italy, France, and uh, the UK. Um, I think these are the, the hotspots. Uh, but it's not necessarily that it is the hotspot for sustainability and sustainable fashion. Mm. Am mm. I correct in that regards? Yes, I think you're very correct. And uh, that's why we, we need to take that in consideration as well. I think France is a great example of a country that has come far with both circular economy and also fashion. Uh, so that's definitely a country that we're looking at. And of course, the other Scandinavian countries that also have come far with sustainability. Uh, we'll see now what happens with the UK and Brexit, if it's even possible to do uh, business there. But we'll, we'll for sure keep an eye open and we're open to any types of uh, opportunities. That's true. I think it's it's great to keep your um, eyes uh, open for opportunities and maybe even for some of the emerging countries. What I could share from my side, I myself come from Lithuania and we have mm -hmm. um, Vinted, if you've heard of it. This yes, is the sec second, very uh, big. Yes, it is. But it also grew from a very small community and mm -hmm. I happen to be also a part of it uh, as a user. Really cool. And now uh, they are taking uh, over the world. <laughs> yes, they're amazing. I mean, they're they're really, really big. And I think uh, everyone in the industry knows about them. Do you see that, for example, a company like them, could they also integrate some kind of rental service? Or is it a bit far-fetched to think about that? Um, I mean, they can always try. Uh, I would suggest to partner up with us or with like um, that already have it in their backbone uh, because rental services is is a complete other service than a linear than a linear one. So you have to think in a circular manner as well. It's not something that is going to work if you just do it as a part time project on the side. Um, so I think the whole business model is really uh, a circular one if you if you want to do it. Um, but yeah, partnering up is always a good idea. I, I totally agree to you because um, I think it's usually um, underestimated uh, that the whole structure is different. And as we already talked, uh, is it is including the ownership of uh, cleaning services and making sure about transportation and like stylist services. So it definitely seems like a completely different business stream. And uh, it seems to me as well that partnering up is a better approach also because you uh, as Hack Your Closet have the expertise who have already established your connections with people and um, you know how to approach, especially if um, 
talking about different markets, as you said, that it would remain the same, the user experience would remain the same, it would just have to be adjusted to the um, local uh, markets. Yeah, and I think uh, one one other thing that is really um, something that circular business have to build is a community with their customers. Um, because in linear businesses, once the once the product is sold, the relationship between the business and the customer ends. So in circular businesses, as the product circulates between many different many different customers and uh, it always comes back to the company, you have to keep up the relationship between the customer in a complete other way. So you have to build a community and it's much more about the why, why you're doing the business, what is your purpose with it that is going to build this community rather than uh, what you do or how you do it. That's so true. Yes. Um, I think it's hard to imagine for a majority of us how it actually looks like because it's just not really present. It's not really mainstream mm -hmm. yet. But with the good initiatives just like yours, I think it's uh, yet to come and then we will uh, be changing our mindset towards that. And it's great to see that a lot of people are already a part of this great change and they are very enthusiastic they are willing to collaborate talk about um, improvements with you and uh, share their positive feedback of what is already working so it's it's really great to hear that um, you had such a good start with such a fast uh, growth rate and um, it seems that you are just keeping it forward and growing uh, further yeah, thank you so much. I mean, we're we're trying to do our best, and we really wanted to to grow and to um, change the industry for good. Really, that's so true. How about we move to um, one of the final parts of our conversation, and that would be five statements that I would like you to finish, and I would uh, take them one by one. Right. Awesome. So let's start with the first statement. To me, sustainability is love for the planet. Oh, <laughs> that sounds so great. <laughs> yeah, because I think that it's not about saving the planet. It's about loving the planet. And if you love it, then you won't do any harm to it. That's true. And planet meaning everyone, people, animals, the um, physical surroundings that we have. Yes. All right. Uh, one thing I would like to see more of in the world is? Collaboration, I would say. Uh, less competition and more collaboration. Actually, the word competition means strive together. So it's in a sense means collaboration. Okay. <laughs> but I think, I think the word is... Um, is negative in a way competition it could be good as well but uh, i think collaboration is a better better thing to strive for absolutely and in the landscape of circular economy uh, as we talked about it's key we have to have a community we have mm. to have collaboration and partnerships to actually make it work yeah nobody can close the loop by themselves we need the whole industry to close the loop together 
That's so true. That's so true. But for a complete beginner in the sustainability area, what would you suggest uh, to start off with? Um, know your facts, uh, read, 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 and uh, or listen to podcasts for that matter. <laughs> the more knowledge that you have about sustainability, the better choices you will make. So I think that it's really important to uh, collect knowledge first and then the choices that you make will come naturally. I can totally agree to that. I think knowledge is uh, power. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, uh, the next one, every sustainable business is on the right track. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think sustainable businesses are the leaders and they're the, of course the ones who are gonna sustain of course I think so too it's the inspiration for other businesses for the traditional businesses and it's a bit of a wake-up call for them to ask themselves where are we are we in the line with the new trends are we in the line with um, more regenerative decisions for our economy so i think it's um, it's really nice uh, to see the small businesses popping up with all the cool mm-hmm. initiatives and uh, to see them grow um, honestly and then inspire all the big businesses to to do um, better for the environment Yeah, I totally agree with you. All right. The last uh, question. In two to three years, I see Hack Your Closet. Opening up local hubs across Europe. Yes. (laughs) That's exactly what we need. That's going to be exciting. Yes. It's going to be super exciting. Super exciting. What is the um, first uh, country that you are targeting or you're considering? Uh, we're considering both France and Denmark right now. Uh, maybe entering them at the same time, or we try first in one and then the other. But that's uh, the closest to to our business and to our hearts right now. Uh, Lisa is French, and we have a lot of French people in the company as well. So it's um, it's a very like close to our hearts country. That makes sense. I think it's it's always best to start with, with things that are most intuitive and then expand from there. So it sounds yeah. It sounds and really great. as I said before, like the fashion industry there and also the the circular economy is really big there. So I think that it makes sense. Definitely. Michaela, is there anything that uh, we haven't touched upon in uh, our talk yet? I think we have gone through really interesting topics, uh, both like system thinking uh, and also narrowing down to what Hacker Closets is all about and why we do things. Um, So yeah, the only thing I want to say is like you need to to change a system you really need to think in systems right how can um, a regular person uh, start doing that um yeah it's a good question i think that it comes also with experience you have to 
um, step out, one good thing is to when a problem when a problem appear, you ask yourself why that problem appeared five times before you get to the root cause of the problem, and that's what you base your solutions upon. I think that's a really good one. We usually tend to face the problem and try to run away or hide away from from that but stopping for a moment and asking yourself but why why did it happen what could be different and being honest uh, to ourselves no one needs to hear the answers it can be something as intuitive as the first thought even though it might seem scary or uncomfortable for us but I think if you stick to the first thought that comes to your mind after asking why and you just probe deeper just in your own Mm -hmm. mind you don't even have to talk with anyone you might come down to some really good insights which might change the the approach and how you do things in life and I only wish that we will have more of those thoughts um, popping in people's head yeah definitely like all the choices that you make in life but also when you look inside yourself like why did I make that choice and ask yourself why also five times and you will realize if it was a good choice or if you have to change your habits that's true and especially if you are thinking of buying a new item ask yourself why why do I need it yeah. do I really need it maybe I can just <laughs> Is go there other options <laughs> exactly exactly and I think if you ask that question, why, why, why many times, you probably realize that uh, you don't need it. Uh, and it's a maybe not so good choice to buy it, but instead um, realize that you still have this urge of wanting to update your class and then wanting something new because, I don't know, you feel boring or you, you're not in the mood for anything that you have in your closet. So is there other options out there? It could be lending, renting, uh, borrowing, you know, it's, there's a lot of options out there. Remaking your own closet. Absolutely. So on that note, I would just like to encourage everyone to take another look into a wardrobe, question themselves before making another purchasing decision. And most importantly, think of alternative uh, solutions and uh, spare a moment to, Uh, look for them. So Michaela, thank you so much for introducing Hack Your Closet uh, for us. It's been my absolute pleasure to have you here on the Refashion Podcast with me. Thank you. Thank you so much, Indre. It has been my pleasure. I hope our talk with Michaela was insightful for you. And now you know much more about clothing subscription and how that can help you express your style. But in a much more environmentally conscious way. If you learn something new, go ahead and share that with your friends on social media, tag at myconscious underscore living on Instagram and use hashtag refashion podcast. That is one word. This way I can also find and reshare your learnings as well. By the way, Christmas is coming so soon So if you are still thinking of a Christmas gift for your friend or if you are already thinking of the new year resolutions on how to be more conscious from the next year, you may as well consider gifting the clothing subscription to your friend or trying it out yourself to contribute to positive changes in the fashion industry and in our lives overall. 
Now, if you like my podcast content, feel free to follow and subscribe, rate and review this podcast. You cannot even imagine how much it means to me and how much your support helps me creating more and more meaningful content for you. Thank you so much for listening and helping this podcast grow. Stay tuned for the next episode. Take care.